Section six of Unprofessional Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Wayne Cook. Unprofessional Tales by Norman Douglas. Section six. Impromptu. Scene. Hell. The Great Palace of Pandemonium. Persons. Satan in council, surrounded by his ministers of state, and angels, according to their station and degree, powers of darkness, unclean spirits, etc., etc. Clash of cymbals and drums. Satan. <clears throat> this evening we have summoned you to hear, if need be, your enlightened views upon a matter of no small concern, whose hungry specter gnaws away our rest and bodes calamity to this our realm and all of you. We will be brief but clear. Attention! Tis a most notorious fact, an open secret these last thousand years that human souls have lost their former dread of this our majesty. They quake no more at mention of our name. They even doubt the fact of our existence. We do blush to utter these unpalatable truths. Movement of suppressed anger amongst the hosts. What says Beelzebub? First Minister. "'Tis but true. Satan's a myth, they say. Second Minister. How shall we consolidate this ancient empire's bulk? Where find recruits? Third Minister. Hadst thou but given ear to my proposals nineteen hundred years ago, and listened, thus the humankind, by losing their belief in us, have lost one cause of fear, and gained some liberty to our own damage, murmurs. Times, alas, have changed, and now it doth behoove us, one and all, to act with resolution, lest our realm totter with swart convulsion to its fall in unsubstantial chaos and dissolve in glorious. Mark our read. The humankind have now attained a further stage, a stage which promises them freedom absolute and ease unspeakable and calm content. Who'll unperplex the case? The humankind have lost belief in him who rules in heaven. They mock his stories and his promises, and thus a prospect dawns before their eyes, a prospect of such careless, happy lives as never, surely, could have been foreseen when, on creation's morning, was wound out their complicated engine of disease and fear, a grievous oversight, for while they dreaded him in heaven, we caught at least the renegades. But as it stands, a gross, lamentable oversight.
but not an oversight on our part. There are those amongst you who will doubtless call to mind that when the creation scheme was first discussed between ourselves and him who rules in heaven, we pointed out its errors and withheld our approbation. Then arose the schism that soon <clears throat> conduced to our defeat and banishment. <clears throat> but uh, why revive the melancholy past? If yet we shared his scepter and his empire as of old with undivided purpose, these alarms would I be slumbering in the lap of time. But since that most unfortunate divorce, our strength declines, and both these realms have lost their credit. We foresaw it, but he scorned our counsel. An angel advancing to the throne. If it please your majesty, an hour ago I happened to converse with one that yesterday from earth arrived to Tartarus and black perdition damned, head foremost in the scalding mirror he pitched with hideous shriek and weltering lay where rolls red phlegathon's tormented wave and reeks prodigious stench of naphtha-dripped groats noisome incessant one whose powerful position amongst his fellow-creatures may entitle him to give a true account of what is now their faith I found him packed in a consignment of ten thousand souls from London or New York or Aberdeen. I don't remember the precise address, but if your majesty desires, produce him. The angel departs and instantly returns with human shape on pitchfork, sleek and steaming and attired in shreds of dripping clerical garments. He deposits the shape before the throne where it presently unrolls itself and begins to kick and wriggle convulsively satan surveys the shape recognizes it and laughs immoderately <laughs> ministers and angels aside an old acquaintance speak the truth for once tell all these present whether whilst on earth Thou harborest any serious belief in this, our true existence, or a dread of all the punishment which we are apt and willing to inflict. Didst thou conceive sincere respect for this, our majesty? Alas, sir, uh, your majesty, uh, none whatever, but lay no blame on me. The fact is, I was educated in this regrettable ignorance by such as professed faith in him who rules in heaven, and you know what kind of people they are. I was one of them myself by profession, and we had not the slightest fear of your majesty or dread of your punishments because, because we thought you were only a symbol, a type, pardon me, a contrivance to scare weak souls into obedience. But now I know better, and if... So it appears. And did this lack of fear contribute to thy earthly happiness? The shape pulls at its garments nervously and wipes perspiration. Uh, no, yes it did. No, I, I mean no. It, dear me, where am I? 
This is no place for lying. Speak the truth. I will, I will. But what very awkward questions. Most unavoidably it did thus contribute. And why? Because it gave me a sense of partial freedom and relief from fear. Because, you understand, because... Movement among the hosts. Enough! Didst thou hold any true belief in him who rules in heaven, or any hope of those emoluments which he is apt and willing to bestow? Didst entertain respect for his celestial majesty? I did preach respect for his majesty. Indeed, I made it the business of my life to do so, but... <laughs> Of course, I consider myself much too enlightened to believe in rewards or punishment of any kind. No, I had no fear of His Majesty. There are not many left of those who have, not among my acquaintances at least. They are reckoned as the most pious in the whole country. And this lack of fear of him did round my earthly happiness, for I thus breathed absolute freedom. We all did. Fitting no taskmasters in heaven or hell, we all lived cheerfully. Neither did I fear my equals, for I accounted none better than myself. If your majesty had only given me due warning of what was to come, only let me return to earth, and I will gladly devote my life to preaching your sole glory, and, oh, oh, please... Others remain on earth who execute that task to our entire satisfaction. To Angel, remove it. Angel disappears with shape on pitchfork, shrieking and vociferating. Thus the matter then doth lie. The humankind have medicined their sight. They have abandoned every fear of us and him who rules in heaven. They comprehend our separate devices and our aims. Would we were still united as of or. But that's past cure. Now to the point. Today, today, they mean to regulate afresh the ancient scheme of hopeless anarchy, which on creation's day was framed. A scheme that, but for some mere technical defects, would have outlasted all eternity. Tomorrow, tomorrow, they will grapple with that vast, ineffable confusion whence both we and he who rules in heaven derive our life, and whence of our existence doth proceed the sole justification. Do you grasp the import of our language, and what then? They mock our threats and bribes. They cure our plagues. They thwart our lightnings. Are we not become a laughing stock to children? Would we were still fast united as in days of ore? Then both realms prospered. Now they both decay. My warning has come true. We cannot live except conjoined. The principles of good exists alone in virtue of the bad. A most deplorable dilemma. 
is not a time for petulant complaints. Unless the spacious realms of heaven and hell are to become bereft and unrefreshed with young and lusty broods, we must contrive to force the human kind to reassume their twilight lives of inward questionings and doubts and apprehensions. Fear must be their emblem and their theme. For this it is that stamps them with its own peculiar curse and constitutes their difference from the beasts of earth who nothing fear and nothing lack. Tis fear supplies recruits for both our realms. The meanest actions of their daily lives and its most solemn issues must be hatched in thunder-laden atmosphere of dread. Now, since they fear not us, nor him in heaven, whom shall they fear? The human shape confesses they dreaded not their equals, a subordinate angel. Let them fear their servants. A general murmur of surprise. Ministers are seen hurrying to and fro, comparing notes. Then profound silence, while all eyes are turned on His Majesty. Good, so let it be, and let those on whom it is incumbent undertake that this, our new enactment, be upheld throughout the whole extent of our domain each to his several posts the greater powers to undermine the social state of man sunder the ancient ties of servitude tumble the rich the wise the old of line and raise his natural slave the common herd of lowly birth engendering novel ills calamitous the minor imps meanwhile to compass minor mischiefs Recollect, one joy destroyed outright is better far than fifty scotched. Depart, and let us learn timely and good reports. We now adjourn. The assembly disperses amidst violent thunderclaps. End of section six.